Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself, because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey there, food bloggers. Welcome to the Eat Blog Talk podcast made just for you, food bloggers who are wanting to add value to their businesses and to their lives. In today's episode, I will be talking to Abby Rodriguez from TheButterHalf.com, and we will be discussing building community within the food blogging industry for optimal success and also the importance of self-care and wellness. Abby is a food blogger and a certified holistic nutritionist and herbalist. She shares gluten-free recipes and wellness tips for the family on her blog, The Butter Half. She is also the founder and CEO of Tastemaker Conference, a food blogger conference and community for content creators and influencers who want to learn how to grow their blogs and their businesses. Okay, Abby, that was just a tiny little bit about you. So take just a couple minutes to add something extra about yourself or your business or just give us a fun fact. Absolutely. Thank you, Megan. I'm so glad to be here. So uh, in addition to all of those things, I am also a mother of three. So I live that mom life and try to balance everything that way. And then I also live in DC. So we have the opportunity to um, be in the nation's capital. And it's just so fun to be able to be all over the world. We've lived a lot of different places. And and it's, it's fun building community that way and learning about different cultures. So I'm just so glad to be here. I did not know you lived in D.C. Yeah. I don't know anyone who lives in D.C. So you're my first D.C. friend. (laughs) It's amazing. Everybody needs to come out here. I visited for the first time a couple years ago and I loved it. It was so fun. My husband does, uh, occasionally he does tours out there, like eighth grade guided tours. So he tells me about it all the time. He's like, you've got to go. And I'm like, "Eh, all right. And then I finally did. And it was amazing. I cannot even describe it in words. So I'm kind of jealous that you live there. Before we dive into our topic, I have to tell you, Abby, that I was totally blown away by the complete awesomeness of the Tastemaker Conference that you put together last year. Nice work. Seriously, that was the best conference I've ever been to. And I say that with total sincerity. Not only did you round up amazing speakers who had so much great information, but what I loved most of all was just the underlying vibe of sincerity and passion for lifting up bloggers and truly wanting us all to connect and succeed. Since the conference. I have heard so many people rave about it. And I just know that the reason it was so successful and will continue to be successful is because of your genuine intent with it, which is part of the reason I'm so excited to talk to you today because you and I share a passion for just wanting food bloggers to succeed and lifting each other up, really. There has been something brewing for me just below the surface for a long time now that aligns with what your passions are. And it has been strong in my heart to help food bloggers just get in touch with the information that they're so hungry for and to help lift them up so that they feel heard and valued and important and inspired. There are a lot of us out there. I mean, there's like thousands of food bloggers trying to find their way and it's not an easy job. It's frankly, it's a very difficult job and it's not easy to navigate through all of the stuff that we need to learn and it requires serious self-love if we want to be successful. So with all of that said, let's start our chat. In your interview notes, you mentioned something that you use for yourself called the 5 
pillars of health. So I was wondering if you wouldn't mind starting by just telling us a little bit about this framework. Absolutely. And thank you for your kind words. Um, oh, all true. <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. And I do, I, I agree with you. Food blogging and blogging in general, being an entrepreneur is extremely isolating. And, and within food blogging, as you know, there is just, you are wearing so many hats. And yes, there is the ability to outsource and and work smarter, not harder. But at the same time, there's this very steep learning curve. And I feel that, you know, we only have so much bandwidth in a day, which is why it is so important to come back to those five pillars of health. And so just a little bit about me and my background of how I got into this space, because I wasn't always into health and, and holistic nutrition and all of that. Um, I came into a health crisis about a year and a half ago where I found out I had celiac disease and a a list of autoimmune diseases that were making me really sick. And I had a family. I had these two businesses. I had my blog and tastemaker conference. And I had just moved across the country and so many of these important things weighing on me. And I got to that breaking point where I had to decide, you know, I'm either going to crash and burn or I have to get to the root cause of, of what is plaguing me. And so after a series of soul searching and becoming my own health advocate, I found out you know, that I had celiac disease and Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. And it sounds horrible to find out you have these autoimmune diseases there's not a cure for, but it was actually one of the happiest, most empowering moments of my life because I finally had an answer and I knew the root cause and I knew how to fix it. And so because of that, I was able to take this amazing deep dive into this wellness space. And I think wellness has this strange stereotype attached to it where it's disguised as a fad or as diets. And that I am not interested in. I'm truly interested in how we can holistically heal ourselves and love ourselves. And so what I mean by holistic is you come at it from a mind, body, and spirit approach. And so that five pillars of health framework comes into that. So the five pillars are nutrition, sleep, movement, spirituality, and connection. And in order for us to feel our best, we have to to address all five areas. And those need to be in flow and in balance as much as possible. Um, to, to be successful. And so coming back to being a food blogger, I think a lot of times, ironically, we're working so much and we have so much going on that, you know, sometimes we may even forget to feed ourselves one day, um, even though we have all this amazing food around us and at our disposal. But just keeping in mind of, you know, here's the nutrition aspect. Am I feeding myself properly or did I get enough sleep? Because it's so easy, as you know, Megan, I'm sure to burn the midnight oil and just keep going and because your to-do list is so long and it never ends. Um, And so, you know, making time for exercise, which is that movement piece. And then spirituality, whatever, you know, outlook you have on life belief system, that could even be something as simple as meditation. And then the fifth one, which is connection, which is why I ultimately created Tastemaker Conference, because as food bloggers, 
we we need to lift each other up. And you heard my speech about this last year at our inaugural event, but collaboration over competition, I truly believe is the best way for everyone to succeed. You know, a rising tide lifts all ships. There's so many sayings that can go with that, but but we need each other to to enhance our businesses and overall overall our well-being uh, to just enhance our quality of life because that's why I think we start this. We want to empower people to learn how to cook, to have that connection with their own families and their friends. Like there's just so many pieces of this that fall back to our purpose that is is deeper than just running a business and making money. It's so much more than that. Oh, I love everything you just said. So without ever having heard the five pillars of health framework before, that is what I base my life on and my business as well. Like every single one of the things you mentioned, it's taken me a while to learn all of those things, but I finally got to that place about a year and a half ago where I was like, okay, nutrition, yes, sleep, yes, and they all fell into place. So that's crazy that there's like a name for it, but all of those things are vital if you want to succeed as a food blogger. Necessary. And I will say that Charity Lighten, she is our MC at Taste oh, yeah, of course. every year. She She's the owner of Silver Fern Brand, which is a probiotic, probiotic company that I absolutely love. Um, but she's the one who shared that with me because she is a nutritionist as well and a motivational speaker. And so uh, she taught me about that. But really, as I've been researching, you know, wellness and business and all of that, Stephen R. Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, they all, the Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, they all kind of mirror this five pillars of health framework. If you look at all of them, there's this interconnectedness, which I think is really cool. There's something to mm-hmm. it. It's not just like a fad or anything. Right. There's truly something important about all of this because I haven't seen success in my own business until I've met all of those things, truly. I mean, you can work forever and ever and kill yourself and like you said, burn the midnight oil forever and you're not going to get anywhere if you're not taking care of the underlying issues. I love that. And I also love what you said about the competition thing because food blogging is isolated. And we all started on our own. We started typically at home by ourselves. So it's an isolating job. And day to day, we typically don't interact with other food bloggers. So it can feel really isolating, especially starting out and almost like a competitive thing. Like I'm doing it from my home and someone else is doing it from their home. So we are competing. But really, it's so much more than that. We do need to work together. And I love conferences for this reason. But I was wondering, Abby, if you have recommendations for people because certainly there are people listening who want to begin moving in the direction of being more connected, but maybe they aren't willing or able to invest time and or money into a conference. So what do you recommend for people who aren't ready to take the leap into something big like that, but still want to be connected? Absolutely. I think just reaching out to your fellow bloggers. So something as simple as creating an Instagram pod where you check in with each other and you you have a little accountability group that way. They, I have seen groups and groups that I've been a part of in the past where we create like a Slack group where you can bounce ideas off of each other. You can share your editorial calendar schedules. Uh, just so many different opportunities like that, or even Facebook groups, creating your own small Facebook group. And I know there's a ton of Facebook groups available that I encourage everybody to join as well. But sometimes even those can feel too big and isolating and scary, especially if you're beginning or you're not entirely sure of yourself and where you fit into the food blogging space yet. So I always recommend start with that small core group where you feel safe 
and you feel um, that you belong and that you find people that have a similar interest in what you're doing as well. Um, Because food blogging is technically a niche, right? But within that, you can niche down incredibly into very specific things. So um, I found a lot of success in just finding other like-minded health and wellness food bloggers or people who, for example, like in my space in the gluten-free community, just because you can understand each other's lifestyles better and you seem to approach the world from the same mindset and it's just, it's really empowering even just to have a couple people. It doesn't have to be a huge group, but you really just need, you know, three to five core people who are your cheerleaders, who can be your support group and can be there for you when you're feeling down because that's an inevitable part of life. And especially being an entrepreneur and a food blogger is the going gets tough and things can be really dark and hard and you need people to sometimes come lift you up. And I like Stephen R. Covey talks about the the transition between dependence to interdependence, right? Dependence being people need others to get what they want. And independence is the self-mastery where we can get what we want through our own efforts. And then interdependence is working with others where we combine our efforts with the other efforts of others to achieve our greatest successes. So I I think just being mindful of that ebb and flow in our lives of, okay, what can I do on my own? Where do I need help? And how can I help others? And then just going out and taking action and doing something about it. I think that's that's truly the key is taking the action. Because um, a lot of times I think we just sit around and wait for people to invite us into their circle. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times too, like we're all sitting around waiting for that. So if you, if you want something to be created in this world, like go out and go out and do it and don't sit around and wait for life to happen to you and be acted upon. Uh, I think it's important to just to go for it. Uh, amen. I love that so much. I've had many times in my past where I've done that as well. I just think, oh, someday that'll happen. And I just got to the point where I was like, dude, you've got to start acting and just do things. Do it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like you said, other people are wanting that too. And I know that starting out as a newer food blogger, it is easy to just be like, oh, nobody wants to talk to me. Yeah, you just have to step out into that fear and just do it because other people certainly want to connect as well. I would always get a feel on Instagram and Facebook for the people that were like-minded and who I would be able to connect with just by reading through comments. You get a feel for that pretty easily. So I started reaching out and commenting on other people's posts regularly who I thought were very similar to me. And those people are the ones that I ended up connecting with and then like sending direct messages. So do you have other recommendations for how to connect if you have no ties to any food bloggers in person? Yeah, I think I really believe in the power of social media in that way and becoming a true friend, not just like a fan, right? Just I, I try to think of everybody as, hey, you're my friend. Like we could hang out and go grab a cup of tea and shoot the breeze and be pals. Um, so I, I love the good old fashioned email. I love getting emails from people that you can tell aren't, they're not pitching anything particular. They don't want anything. They really just want to get to know you and they genuinely, sincerely um, want some community and help. And so I think just sending that email and, and stating very clearly of, you know, hey, I'm starting out or, you know, hey, I have this blog and it's established, but I'm really wanting to create something. I think having 
a plan in mind too is a great way to get people on board if you're wanting to build out your own little group of people and don't know how. Because sometimes I think that's hard too when people are like, hey, do you want to just be a part of this pod? And I don't know what this is. Um, so having a really clear defined goal of, you know, for example, if you I were to send an email to somebody and say, hey, you know what, we, we are creating an accountability group to send newsletters every month, for example, like we're creating a newsletter accountability group because we all want to learn how to grow our email list or something like that. So I think finding something that maybe those people would be interested in and how you can benefit each other and and work inter- interdependently um, I think it's always good going into it with with that in mind but just being a friend too and letting them know that you know we're here to support each other and want to develop those relationships I think the sincerity is a huge part of that because nobody likes getting the scripted templated emails you're like okay next when you get that random email or even a message on Instagram or Facebook that is truly sincere that means so much when people use my name and I know that they really truly know my name it's not coming from right. anywhere else and they know facts about you because they've been following you or they they like what you put out into the world absolutely and those are the people you end up being drawn to there's a food blogger on Instagram who I had followed for years and she started reaching out and she was like, oh, I love that you add so much color to your food photos. And I was like, okay, that's something that wouldn't come from anywhere else unless she truly was following me. So right away, I was like, love her. So, And I loved her stuff too. But it's just little things like that, little tidbits that really mean something, I think, making it personal. So I think that is a great tip. And then also the interdependence thing I wanted to comment on because I never heard that term before. There's so much to that too. The whole mastermind concept that is really kind of trending right now plays into that where you can only do so much on your own, but when you put a bunch of minds together, amazing things happen. Have you read Think and Grow Rich? It's on my bookshelf because I have, I am an avid collector of business and self-help books, but um, I have not fully read it. Yeah. So you should. I think everyone should read that. And it's not all about making money. A lot of it is. This was written like a long time ago. This was one of the first self-help books ever written, I think. But he talks a lot about how the really successful people don't get anywhere without brains, multiple brains, thinking together, bouncing ideas off each other. He goes through many scenarios of people that we all know that have been successful forever. You can't get anywhere without other brains. So you need other people in your lives. So it's just a matter of finding your tribe. Absolutely. And it's, it's, you absolutely need a tribe. If, right. If anybody walks away today from this podcast episode, it's just find a tribe and go for it. Cause I've been in that space before where, you know, out of, I think out, out of maybe some not, not self disrespect, but just fear of rejection of, of the, well, what if nobody, what if I don't belong and nobody wants me there where I spent a lot of years just working by myself and doing nothing and it plateaued. There was nowhere else for me to go until I got to that point where I was like, I need other people and I need to take their amazing ideas and their skill sets because I am not good at everything and, and these people are and we can bring this together to create something 
amazing that can empower other people. And I think, you know, finding your why and your purpose and how you can serve other people and then creating that with others is the key. Love that. I tried food blogging without connection for a very long time as well. And I too got to the point where I was just plateauing and I was wondering, what am I doing wrong? I'm working my butt off. But it wasn't until I started A, connecting and then B, truly looking at myself and working on myself until I started seeing success. And it seems so simple, but there's such truth to all of that. It's actually absolutely a vital piece of the puzzle. You will spin your wheels forever if you try to go on without those things. Right. And I think sometimes, too, as we're sitting here talking about it, sometimes people are like, well, what does that mean? Like, this feels like a very broad conversation. So I want to give some concrete examples of how in food blogging, I think we need each other. Okay, so Tailwind Tribes on Pinterest. I don't know what you, I have a Pinterest assistant, VA, um, but you know that is a community-based thing. You have to know other food bloggers and other people pinning, making these Tailwind Tribes. Like you can't do that on your own, right? SEO. You have to have backlinks from other people and other food bloggers, and you know networking and creating that space um, and getting to know people with those backlinks. Like that's that's really important, one of the best ways to get your site to rank, right? Um, In terms of Instagram and Facebook and and Twitter, especially Facebook, you know, there's all these food blogging sharing pods because we need to be consistently creating content, have this schedule um, on there. And now Facebook is really, you know, going into the importance of groups because community is such a vital aspect of, of social media, right? That's what it is. And so we have to be sharing each other's content and creating these spaces. So it's funny when you look at it from a food blogging standpoint, it's like, oh, the number one key to success is that community factor 100% all the way. Yeah, like you said, everything it's funny is pointing in that direction. It's like if you really step back and look at what is important on every platform, everything is trending even more in that direction. Like with all of the Google changes, it's like coming back to that just really basic, simple idea that we need each other. We We can't go on without it. Food bloggers are prone to getting burnt out for obvious reasons. It's such a demanding job and just has tons of layers and responsibilities. And if we don't don't put the focus on each other and taking care of our minds, we will burn out. I've been at the burnout mode and I'm sure that you have too. If you're a food blogger that's been doing it long enough, you've been there. What are things that you do to um, get past that or avoid it? Absolutely. So step number one, which I think this is varying for people depending on how much they use social media, I would say get off social media for a certain amount of time, um, whether that's you take the weekend and you have a schedule or you figure out a way. Hopefully people have an editorial schedule and people helping them out so that they can step away, but put the pieces into place so that you can step away and give yourself a real break. Because I think we live in this information age and especially being digital entrepreneurs where it's our job to be creating this content. I feel like we're consuming it at such a mass rate and our brains are not designed to cope with this overabundance of this, you know, the stimulus coming in. And so we, we need to truly disconnect. So I would say number one, completely disconnect from all things digital and electronic. And uh, number two, I love 
to get outside and go into nature because it is the exact opposite of that. It's where you can connect and ground yourself and take a deep breath and get fresh air and just sitting and truly being present and just connecting back to your breath and to the sound of the birds and the trees and the wind blowing and truly give yourself time to be present. It's completely free. It's one of the best things in life that you can just go out and do that. You don't have to have any resources. You don't need to go on a fancy vacation for that because I feel like a lot of times that can even add more stress when you come back and the work has been piled on. So I think just the small and simple things of, of creating space for yourself, but within creating that space is to not feel guilty about it and to put it into your schedule that it's it's necessary as any other appointment or blog post or anything that needs to be done. Like that time is sacred and it needs to absolutely be scheduled into your day. If that looks like 30 minutes or an hour a day or you completely unplug for the weekend, I think finding what works for your schedule and then being really consistent with it and guarding that space and setting that boundary and being firm with it. Because that's something I struggle with sometimes is I create all of these goals for me time and boundaries and then I don't hold to them. But uh, then the burnout continues and you just feel worse and worse. So uh, just take that time and own it and don't feel bad about it. Okay. So everything you said, I completely agree with. And it's really crazy because I just recorded an interview the other day. I used all of your same words and everything. So (laughs) we're on the same page. But I think all of that, it's so simple. Like you said, nature, getting out into nature is so easy. Sometimes when I'm just feeling burnt out, I set everything down. I walk outside and just sit and just notice what's going on in nature. Like you said, being present and noticing those things goes a long way. And it might just seem like, oh, that's too simple, but try it. I encourage people to just try that simple act and like putting it into your schedule, like you said, Abby, and just making it happen. Another change I've made recently is making those little things habits. So forcing myself daily to do the things that I know are good for me. For the past two years, I've gotten up every morning and I exercise. It was not easy to get to that point, but the payoff has been huge and it's just totally ingrained in me now. I don't even think about it. I get up, I press play, I do my workout, and then I move on with my day. I'm curious, do you have a morning routine? I have a morning routine and I love it. I I swear by it. I think it starts my day off well. So I'm wondering if you have one for yourself. Oh, absolutely. I am a huge believer in structure. And coming back to the five pillars of health, I think creating that structure throughout your day using all of those. So yes, I will... We'll get up now that it's summer. It's, it's changed a little bit. The kids are out of school, but we get up, we have breakfast. I think it's it's really important, especially as a mom, a working, working from home mom. For me... Um, my old struggle used to be that I would be scrambling to make sure everybody else was fed and everything in the house was was in order for what we needed to do for the day. And a lot of times I would just not give myself a nourishing breakfast. It would just be something quick and on the go that was just empty calories that did nothing for me um, in terms of nutrients. So we get up, I make myself a really hearty nourishing breakfast. So as an herbalist, I am a huge nerd when it comes to the herbs and supplements that I cook with. And um, as a holistic nutritionist, that's that's really important to me. So I'll get up and make myself like a big, yummy chocolate or green smoothie, depending on what I want for the day. And I stuff it full of adaptogens, which are herbs that can help us reduce stressors in our body and just help us seize the day. And then, you know, a lot of fruits and vegetables and pack everything into that. And then I'll have, you know, a good hearty breakfast, whether it's avocado toast with hummus, something that's just really, really nourishing that gives me that energy because that is the key for me to have a good day. And then 
we will all get ready. And then I'm like you, I go to the gym every day and we'll do yoga. And so that's our, our routine there. Um, so I get my, my movement there. I have my nutrition aspect. And then I will come home and work for a little bit while the kids have some quiet time. And then we spend time together. And that's where I carve that time. And that's really sacred and precious for me to make that connection with my real life friends and family as well. Um, in addition to having that with the food blogging community, which is equally important as important. You know, and then we'll do that. We'll do our daily routine, have dinner, all of that. And then we do bedtime. And then at nighttime, that's my time where I take that part to connect digitally with my food blogging community. And then I turn off my phone. I try to have that off um, or like the TV if I'm done binge watching Outlander or something like that. And then I will, will carve time for myself for the spirituality aspect where I like to meditate every single night um, because that is my form to just release and unwind and then make sure that I'm doing it at a, at a decent hour so that I can then get my full eight hours of sleep so that I'm getting all five components of my five pillars of health. Now that sounds like a crazy structured day and it's not, I don't get to that every single day because I'm human and not a robot. Um, but those days that I have it all, I feel amazing and I feel productive and I don't feel burnt out and I feel um, like self-actualized and fulfilled and like I'm fulfilling my potential. So that's always the goal. You're being the best you and food blogger that you can be. And that is a good feeling on those days when I have it all together too. I'm like, yes, that was great. I, mm -hmm. Everything fell into place, but it doesn't always, like you said, it doesn't always work like that. So for somebody who maybe doesn't have any of these components together and they feel like they have a lot to work on, where do you recommend starting? Oh man, that's, that's such a tough one because I think it's so deeply personal that I think number one, we always need to address our physiological needs. So I think a lot of times too, we maybe neglect it or are not self aware that, Hey, I feel anxious and burnt out because I'm not sleeping well, or, um, you know, and coming to the root of that, like, well, why am I not sleeping well? Or, you know, I need to eat eat more nutritious food that nourishes me um, and just really getting curious about it and figuring out and then going from there because some people may have all of that but don't feel fulfilled and it's maybe that you know maybe you don't you have a lack of connection or maybe there's a lack of movement so I think just sitting with yourself and getting curious and then just journaling and writing out what you feel are your top three priorities that you need to focus on and then go from there. I think journaling is a great recommendation because you really can find out so much about yourself just by writing. I don't know if you've read the book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, but I recommend it for every food blogger on the planet, seriously. But it's a book focusing on creativity and she recommends doing, she calls them morning pages and just writing in your journal every single morning after you wake up, three pages, three full pages. So I did that for a long time. At first, I was like, really? Three pages? That's so long. But then at like sometimes at the very bottom of the third page, it would literally take that long. I would get to something. I would write something that I was like, oh my gosh, I never would have gotten there if I wouldn't have kept going. So journaling, I think, is a great place to start. You don't have to be a great writer or like write anything amazing. Just start writing. Yeah. And I think we just need to trust our intuition. Like we know in our gut what we need. And sometimes we, like you said, we just need to write it out. And it, I shock myself sometimes with the things that I write because I think they're just buried deep in my soul somewhere. And I don't want to acknowledge that 
that's what I need. But the journaling, it just it just comes out of you. The creativity part too. You can come up with ideas that you just didn't know were sitting in the back of your head. There's so much that can come from journaling. And sleep was a great one too that you mentioned. For me, when I'm sleep deprived, I am useless. I Nothing else No, works. no, nothing. <laughs> you can have everything else together, at least in my life. And if I'm sleep deprived, I am totally useless. Right. And I will say this, um, like another wellness tip is I use use the blue light blocking glasses. So I try to use those when I'm on the computer and I try to get off all screens at least two hours, an hour to two hours before bed, because that is revolutionary for your sleep. And I think a lot of times, you know, we do the Instagram scroll at night or we're responding to late emails or whatever. And that totally messes with our sleep because our job is to be on the computer. So I think as food bloggers, we need to really hone in on that and how we can make our sleep better. There have been studies done, I think, that show that if you look at screens before bedtime, that it definitely interrupts your sleep. Okay, but what are these glasses? I have not heard of that. Oh, yeah, they're amazing. So they're just supposed to block the blue, the harmful blue light that keeps your brain cycling and going and can't turn off. So it's just supposed to help with that and help with your eyes. Um, and I have noticed a difference and maybe it's a placebo type of thing, but I noticed that my head doesn't hurt as much and I can just calm down and relax faster. Interesting. Well, I just wrote that down. I'm definitely looking them up. Are they expensive? Blue light blocking glasses. So I, you can get them on Amazon. You can get cute little trendy ones, whatever you want them to look like. They're, they're maybe 10 bucks, 10 to $15. Do you have any other tips, self-care tips that relate directly to food blogging that people might find valuable? Specifically with that, drink your water. I feel like too, it's so easy to just forget to drink your water. So drink your water, wear your blue light blocking glasses and it'll all be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Something else I started doing that has helped me tremendously with just staying on task. I started writing. My husband thought I was absolutely losing my mind, but I started writing with Sharpie on my bedroom wall. <laughs> so like I recommend like maybe using a dry erase marker on your mirror or something. So I started writing down everything that I want to A, do in my home, like accomplish in my home and my life. And then B, just things that I wanted to incorporate into my routine. Every morning I wake up and I see them. And that honestly, it has kept me on track more than any spreadsheet or planner or anything like that. So just having something visual to see daily, I think is a good reminder for all of us about the things that we should be doing. Even if it's just like drink your glass of water every morning and make yourself do it. And I agree with you. I think that there is so much power when we write things out because I truly, and this is the woo side of me that comes out, but I really am one of those people that subscribes to the universe is conspiring to help us. And so if we put it out there, we physically say the words out loud and we write them and we take action to make it happen. I Every goal I've ever written out like that, whether it's on a sticky, I love the idea of writing with a Sharpie, um, but they come true. It's so true. It is so true. If you're doubtful, try it. It works. If you write something out and you honestly believe that the world is for you and not against you and you believe that something is going to happen, it will happen. If you believe that 
something will not happen, then of course it's not going to happen. Something that drives me crazy is people who are always like, I don't know, whatever their thing is, like, I don't have any money or I don't, I'm not creative or whatever it is. Like, of course you're not because look what you're saying. Look what you're putting out into the world. Absolutely. That is going to come back to you. So there is such power in putting out, yes, your mindset and putting out the things that you want and you believe in and that are positive and good. Absolutely. I could not agree more. The world is full of negativity. So it's a constant battle to get over that. I get it. But so important to start thinking positively. So Abby, I was going to touch on one thing that you mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation, and then we will wrap up. I loved your story about going through a difficult time. For you, it was finding out you had celiac and just um, some other health issues. Not only getting past that, but being able to recognize that there was good in it and then taking it and then using it to transform your life and you know find the good things. Not only that, but you like killed it after that, like with your business and your health and just getting everything together. So absolutely love that you did that. And I think it's important for all of us to keep that in mind. Life can hit us hard sometimes just to be able to look at it with a little bit different lens and find the good in everything. I just wanted to point that out. Nice work. Thank you. Because <laughs> it's not easy to do that. It's easy to let life pull you under and And I just wanted to say good job on that. Well, thank you. I have, I mean, I guess to end here, I have this little block of quotes that I put together of like, what do I constantly tell myself that keeps me going in those moments? Because I've done a lot of scary things and have come out on, you know, like I said, landing on my feet and coming out on the other side, so happy that I stuck through it. So these are the ones that I operate by. Fortune smiles on the bold. Go after that crazy idea. Stand in your strength. Choose faith over fear where focus goes. Energy flows. Be resilient and be generous. Oh, all such simple things, but with such huge meaning. So I love those all. I love the fear one because that one has been huge for me. Well, I'm a skydiver. So I think once I started skydiving, I realized that something that seems super, super scary, if you just get past it and you jump out of that plane and you land on the ground safely, you're like, oh my gosh, I was so afraid before I jumped, but now I'm exhilarated. And so ever since I started skydiving, I've just realized, that you can walk into things that are really scary and not only come out on the other side, but come out like way better. If you can jump out of an airplane thousands of feet above the ground and survive, you can do anything. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right, Abby, we're going to wrap up our chat. I just know that Eat Blog Talk listeners are going to find huge value in everything you've said today. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You already shared your quotes with us. I loved them. Also, Eat Blog Talk listeners, Abby has a list of favorite resources relating to building community and everything we talked about today. Um, Also, for a free wellness toolkit and e-cookbook, subscribe to Abby's email list on the butter half, and you can sign up for the Tastemaker Conference email list to get first access to events and workshops. All of this information can be found on Abby's show notes page at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Abby, and that is spelled A-B-B-E-Y. Yes. So Abby, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. So send me a good old fashioned email or I love chatting on Instagram. It's at the butter half. Uh, underscore. And I hang out on there. I love hearing from people and getting DMs. So come follow me and find me and we can all be friends. Awesome. Thank you for listening today, food bloggers, and I'll see you next time. 
We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk. Thank you.